Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. Friday, April 28th, Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith with you, ready to break down this uh, Friday uh, NHL Stanley Cup playoffs card. We've got four game six matchups, four elimination games uh, on tap tonight. So it's an exciting Friday night of NHL hockey uh, on tap tonight, and we're looking forward to it. It was supposed to be a full house, but it might just be Alex and I. Uh, Jimmy to be determined. Nate had an emergency at work. Uh, apparently, there's some uh, layoffs going on with his uh, place of work. So uh, it's a shit show going on at uh, uh, at his uh, place of employment. So he's tending to that. So it could be just Alex and I today. But first, before we get to the Friday uh, games and preview those, we have to talk about last night. And uh, let's start in uh, New Jersey because, you know, this has been a remarkable three-game turnaround for the New Jersey Devils, when you factor in that the Rangers looked so dominant and so thoroughly the better team in the first two games uh, of that series, winning 5-1 to one in Game 1 and in Game 2 uh, in New Jersey uh, in that series. And ever since then, you know, it has been a completely different 360-degree switch uh, in this series. You know, Akira Schmid and the goalies changed to spark things for New Jersey's part of the thing, part of the, uh, the turning point, certainly the Devils as a team defensively, I think they've realized you have to up your game to a certain level in, in terms of compete, in terms of defensive awareness and responsibility, in terms of physicality, and the Devils have definitely done that in the last three games. And meanwhile, the Rangers look meek, timid, uh, almost like they're just there to uh, participate in the series, not engage in the series not take on the challenge. I mean, it has looked like a very disengaged, soft, very, very uh, staggered, and quite honestly shook Rangers team right now uh, in all facets. Uh, and even last night in the 23 shots and 23 save shutout that Akira Schmid had for the New Jersey Devils, I thought it was way too individualistic with the Rangers offensively. The power play has gone completely to shit. Uh, in the last three games, everybody's trying to do their own thing. Uh, there's way too much overthinking, overpassing. Uh, all of a sudden, you, Mika Zibanejad's had a, just a brutal series for the New York Rangers. And it's not just him. Uh, even Chris Kreider, who was just, you know, a tower of power early in the series. They've contained him now all of a sudden, the Devils. The big acquisitions at the deadline, Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko look below, way below average, way below their standard. Uh, especially in the last few games. Uh, it's just a collective tr – and look, they're, even their de defense coughing up the puck, and look, that's what exactly led to the shorthanded goal that the Devils scored last night to really put that game away. Um, and I, I don't know if the Rangers are going to get it back on the rails. You know, I kind of gave them last night to show me that they have the experience and the poise and the maturity and going through the playoff wars before, which many of these players have done, to show me that they could turn this thing around. And they still didn't. And they were completely, uh, again, controlled, dominated, and outclassed by the New Jersey Devils. And now they have the prospect 
of going back to Madison Square Garden, where they've yet to win in this series, to save their season uh, on Saturday night. So just a stunning reversal in the last three games in this series. And as someone that's uh, made a case for the Rangers in this series, that backed the Rangers last night in multiple ways, and has a series bet on them, not too impressed, not too happy am I about what we're seeing with the blue shirts. No, it's it's a mess. And when you talk about all this talent and, and, and the thing that I touted, we all touted anybody who liked the Rangers in the series or liked them to win the conference or the cup, we all said, as soon as they get all these pieces together, they're going to have a lethal power play. And we saw bits and pieces of that in the regular season, but for some reason they have gone completely cold. And I should it's say for some two reason. games and not, yeah. nothing since. It's crazy. Right. As I was to say, we shouldn't see it say it for, for no reason. There's a, there is a big reason for that. And the reason has been the defensive play uh, of the New Jersey Devils. And Akira Schmidt plays a factor in that role. Uh, obviously, you know, it's not by happenstance. You get a 23-save shutout. He played well. Okay, But at the same time, we've seen way more active sticks breaking up passes. We've seen way more, uh, you know, we've seen much better positioning from New Jersey. So the shot selection hasn't been as great for, for the Rangers in the last three losses. Uh, and just overall, just shot output, shot volume has been uh, down as far as I'm concerned. This Ranger team should not be shooting less than 30 shots a game. They should be getting a minimum of 30 shots on goal against any goaltender uh, as far as I'm concerned with this kind of offensive talent. They're just not doing that. And, you know, you look now, like you said, is it, you know, is it kind of a too many cooks scenario? The fact that you have all this talent with Zabanejad and Kreider and Kane and Panarin that, you know, there's not enough facilitators, even though you have guys that can play the facilitator role. But, it, you know, I thought this was something that was kind of worked out already and it seemed to be rearing its ugly head. You have, you know, a you know, tons of quality and talent, but you just can't put it together. And maybe this is a, a Gallant issue. You know, maybe this is the reason why we've seen Gallant get unceremoniously fired in every stop he's been at because of things like this. He's not, uh, you know, creative enough. And it's something we can talk about with a lot of coaches. And, and, and I'll talk about it with another specific coach a little bit later revolving a game last night. But uh, this is, these are some big issues that should not be happening right now for, for the Rangers. Uh, it's not just Durkin's fault. Uh, you know the defense has hasn't been great, but it you know it's been it's been more than serviceable enough when you look at the offense. You know, fine, yeah, you should be able to have a game where you allow three or four goals, but you have the offense to score four or five every night. If you aren't doing that at this key of a point, then it, it just seems like they're just lost right now. So this is a series that the Rangers have lost, not as necessarily a series that the Devils are winning. Yeah, and they've got another one more chance to, to get the train back. You're right about how, and John Massey pointed this out to me. Rangers fan, obviously, who loves the team, watches them every game. He actually DM'd me during this. Says Gerard Gallant doesn't make enough adjustments. That's he said that. That's from his words. And my goodness, I mean, we're starting to see definitely some signs of that. But there's no adjustments in the world that are going to change things unless your top ten tier talent steps to the forefront. And that's what's going to happen. Have to happen for the Rangers, and it's what's not happened. Uh, for them here uh, in the last three games of this series. Speaking of top-tier talent, not stepping to the forefront, uh, it's been this way for five, six years and counting with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And once again, last night, um, I, I can't even say I'm surprised. Like I said on Twitter, not so un, in quotations, believable. Not so un, in quotations, believable uh, with what we saw from the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs last night. What, they failed to close out a series? you, you got to be shitting me. I never saw that one coming. Uh, never in a million years could have thought this team was possible of that. <laughs> Only 0-11 now. 
this franchise since 2013 in playoff clinching games with a chance to eliminate an opponent. How how bad is that? How embarrassing is that, by the way? 0-11. Yeah. You think you would luck your way into finishing off one of these series in the last decade. You'd luck your way. You'd, you'd lucky bounce your way with the puck or a bad call or some shit to get one of these series clinched. 0-11 since 2013, 0-10 with this core. And I'm talking about Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares. With that core four, 0-10. The 0-11, the 11th one was from that Bruins game seven back in 2013, which none of these players were a part of that. But even with just this core alone, 0-10 in their last 10 games when trying to eliminate their opponent in a playoff series clinching game. That is remarkable. That is stunning yeah. ineptitude. Yeah, it's disgraceful. It's more. It's it's that's a, that's the only word for it in my eyes. Disgraceful. In ten years, you've had eleven chances to close out series, and you lose every single one of them. It's borderline disgraceful. And when you start talking about, like I said, these you know big stars, Marner and Matthews, and just no killer instinct. It's something you'll hear me probably say a hundred times between now and the very last game of the Stanley Cup Final regarding closing out series. Teams that win have killer instinct. Toronto Maple Leafs do not have that, and now they have woken the giant. And I'm not even talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning because I still don't trust the Tampa Bay Lightning, but I trusted Andre Vasilevsky. And now at a 3-2 series, you got you giving Vasilevsky one to two games to steal to get his team to the, to the next round, chances are he's going to do that because he's proven that. His track record in closing out games is twice as good as the entire Toronto Maple Leafs organization. That should tell you something. So, I, you know, like I said, yeah, we shouldn't be shocked by this. I, I'm upset because I had money on it. That's the only reason why. I couldn't give a fuck now. I hope Toronto loses 10 nothing in game six and seven, as far as I'm concerned. But from a, a betting standpoint, I'm furious because of the fact that this is, you know, a, a Leafs team on paper that should be better than where they are year after year, and they just can't put it together. And now they're going to let Tampa Bay, a team you do not give, second and third and fourth chance to at any point of the year, but especially in the playoffs, uh, you know, new life. And that's exactly what the Tampa Bay Lightning have now is new life. And you better believe that sphincter for the Toronto Maple Leafs is tightening. Like you wouldn't fucking believe going into game six now uh, on Saturday night. And they've got, they planted the seed of doubt again. It, uh, that's all it takes. As I said, if, if Tampa wins game five last night, which they did, you know, all it's going to take is that one loss that first loss again with a chance to eliminate an opponent for Toronto to plant that seed of doubt, get them a little nervous, a little tight. And, you know, I'm, you know, you really expect Toronto to win three now at home in Tampa, you know, in this series that, I mean, and even the two wins they got in Tampa were fortunate because they got outplayed and they came back, you know, in both of those games. So, you know, it's asking a lot to say we can finish this series in six in Tampa and say we can beat Tampa three in a row in their building, that's not going to be easy to do, even in a first round where the road teams have dominated uh, here. Uh, but last night, look, it, you know what's bothersome too is they cannot withstand prosperity. Who would have thunk that? We know that this Leaf team can't withstand prosperity. There's no greater indication of that than you get the first goal from Morgan Riley, one nothing, crowds into it, and I thought, wow, what a perfect start for the Leafs. They can't even get onto the ice for the next shift without giving up the tying goal. Like you talk about giving the momentum right back. And it was just an absolutely horrendous defensive breakdown. Nobody could find the puck. It was soft coverage in front of the net. And look, he, he's getting ripped 
to shreds over the last you know 12 hours since last night's game. But Justin Hall, I don't know, man. I, I think it, you're at, we're at the point we have to take him out of the lineup. I think so. When he's been on the ice for what? I'm seeing like 15 or 16 goals for Tampa Bay. I'm seeing shit on Twitter that he's that Tampa Bay is like 14 to 2 or something in this series when Justin Hall is on the ice for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, don't you have to make a change? You've got a glut of defensemen. All we talk about is yeah. this depth that they acquired on the blue line. <laughs> well, why don't we fucking see some of it when someone's underperforming? Put a Lilligren in there. The one thing that the Leafs need, Bissonette said it. On the broadcast, they need better forecheck and they need better puck movement from the blue line to the forwards to get the attack started because they're being hemmed in too much in the latter games of this series. Timothy Lilligren, hell, even an Eric Gustafson, who they got at the trade deadline, will help that, you know, and that's exactly what they need some of. So some of this falls on Sheldon Keefe, too, and there's people say that he's got to step up his coaching game because John Cooper last year, you know, got the better of him, and now he's right back into this series now. John Cooper against Sheldon Keith. And another thing about Sheldon too, and I've been good with Sheldon. I used to, I've never had an issue with him. I think he's done a nice job overall, but now there's some blemishes. They're starting to show up and they're showing up again for him, unfortunately at the worst time possible when you're trying to win a series, I don't need to fucking see when I'm down at home in a game where I'm trying to finish a series. I don't need to see fucking Aston Reese camp and Lafferty, every other shift, the fourth line. And I was still seeing that in the third period last night. I don't need to see that. Where's my big guns? Where the hell's my best players? Why aren't I not getting them on the ice every other shift? Why am I not getting them uh, uh, more ice time in the third period when I need to go? You think those three guys are going to get you a big-time goal when you're trailing? No, that falls on your best talent, your best players. Why are you not playing them more? Why are you fucking still going line by line by line in a spot like that last night? In the third, and that, I don't need Aston Reese on my on my screen every other shift in the third period when I'm trailing in a game that I know damn well if I lose it, I'm giving the other team life and all those old demons of the past and choke jobs of the past and failures of the past and all these epic disappointments of the past are going to come right back rooting up from the ground again if we lose this game. And I got to see the fourth line every other shift. They can't do squat offensively. And I'm trailing in the game. I'm trailing in that third period. And I'm seeing that line out every other shift. It's ridiculous. Come on, Sheldon. But that's you got to coach better than that. Period. That's a telling sign to me. That's a telling sign to me that that he's expecting spark and energy, and he needs that from his lineup, and he's relying on his fourth line guys to do that when you need to be doing that with your first line guys. That's telling me that he can't get the spark and energy he needs from his first line guys, and that's a humongous problem. That might be true. It seems that way to me. Why are you playing them that much? Why is why is the Matthews line not out that often? Why is the second line not out that often? So, yeah, it's absolutely it's remarkable. But like I say, I mean, it's it's not even it's not even it's believable. Like I say, not so unbelievable. And the series is going back to Game Six. And look, Samsonov's got to play a little bit better too. That that might that Mikey Acemont goal can't go in. So he he had to stop that. That was a bad goal. Third goal, I don't blame him much. I think he ran into one of his team his teammates collided. One of his teammates collided with him right there uh, on the Nick Paul goal that made it three to one. So yeah, just uh, unfortunate. And here we go again with the Leafs. They're going to put their fucking tortured fan base through the torture chamber one more time with another, you know, will we even win this series? And by the way, like they were good early in the game, the Toronto fans, the crowd last night at Scotiabank arena, especially when Riley got the first goal. But once Tampa got the two, one goal, you could hear a fucking pin drop the rest of the game. 
at Scotiabank Arena. There was no ambiance. There was no life. There was no energy. And it filtered down to the players yet again. You mean the, the crowd once again takes their team out of the game? Shocking in Toronto that that happened. I can't believe it. It's only been happening now for many years in this corporate big wig crowd that they have. And I love what the TNT uh, crew said during the game last night. And they are right as rain that this is a, uh, you know, a corporate crowd. And we're going to bring up the uh, clip right now here for uh, everybody. I thought it was absolutely uh, hilarious here. We'll put it back to the beginning. Here it is. This is a biz Colby Armstrong, Anson Carter, Liam McHugh talking about the uh, corporate crowd and, uh, in hilarious fashion, by the way. Traditionally, usually pretty quiet in Toronto, inside that rink. I found playing there too, but it's all corporate. Yeah, it's a lot of corporate seats in there. Yeah, they're all so, eating sushi in well, their sushi. boxes underneath. Like, oh, what did you? How many did you sell? <laughs> oh, oh. So yeah, the yacht club. The yacht club. <laughs> I think mean, saw what was it, five minutes into the third. Period. Is that the new oyster perpetual? Oh. <laughs> well, and oddly enough, the Tampa Bay arena. Pass like, me the Chardonnay. <laughs> the lower bowl. To, was I empty think you have though. to go pinky up. Them. Yeah. Where's my caviar? <laughs> Should we keep going or should we, we, we go? Can, yeah. I mean, listen, we got cat noises tomorrow night. Yeah. We get... Yeah, that was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. That was yeah. them basically clowning and making fun of the uh, uh, the lukewarm uh, corporate suit uh, fan base that filters Scotiabank right. Arena, uh, the uh, Toronto, where, where apparently, and someone actually said it during the game last night, that there's people that, someone actually that I was, a friend of mine was actually at the game with his dad and his brother and his brother's wife. They were at the game. They're big Leaf fans. I saw two guys with suits on in front of us. They were there for the first period, came back to our seats after the first intermission. Those guys were gone, and they never came back in the whole second period. They were gone. You know, they weren't even in their seats. They, they disappeared. Yeah. So it's like they probably went off to some little, you know, little bar or little mini restaurant inside Scotiabank Arena, sipping their red wine, Chardonnay, the little wine and cheese crowd. They made up it and, and probably just, you know, prattling on about, business shit or who the fuck knows and probably couldn't give two squats about that hockey game last night um and that's unfortunately the crowd you get and it's uh, it resonates on tv and especially yeah. then the tampa took the lead and that was just a very silent building the rest of the way and what do we what did we both say at the beginning of this in the pre playoff preview we said the key for toronto to win this series would have to be the crowd being engaged like this is a playoff series and they just simply have it they've just been treating this like same old hat and in turn the leafs have been treating this like same old hat that's just the way it goes you know and i also found it kind of ironic that uh biz was kind of uh throwing the jab in there about the orcs perpetual when i pretty much saw him give a, out a bunch of rolexes to all the people he works with at spitty chicklets but Never mind. Hypocrisy is the name of the game over there, isn't it? Uh, yeah, this is just, it's just a bad look. It's a bad look. If you're a team that's trying to break through, look at the Hawks. Okay, hell, look at look at Pittsburgh. Teams that went through long struggles to finally get quality teams, and then they won championships. But what was the biggest factor was the crowd. The crowds were always engaged. When the Madhouse of Madison was the, the Madhouse, there wasn't a stronger home ice advantage in the entire league. Same thing with uh, PPJ. PPG Paints Arena, the old Mellon Center. That place was rocking and rolling for those big-time games. And it was because the fans believed. And, and, and it, like I said, when you have this kind of losing for such a long time, it, it trickles down from top to bottom. Everybody has to buy in from the owner to the fan wearing the jersey in his seat buying popcorn. And as, as far as I'm concerned, it hasn't trickled down. It, well, the trickle down has been, you know, no response. Yep, and uh, exactly. And uh, like I say, it's just uh, more of the same. 
from the Toronto Maple Leafs at playoff time last night. And now they'll have another chance to rectify it tomorrow night. But how confident is anybody in them to do that uh, going into game six tomorrow night in uh, Tampa Bay? And then the last game of the night, Winnipeg, Vegas, just undermanned, beaten down physically, beaten down mentally, and just no no match at all for the Vegas Golden Knights last night where the uh, Winnipeg Jets... Four to one final score. You know what? There was an even bigger story about the game. And look, it was domination. They've got the better depth up front, the better depth on the blue line. And look, even Laurent Brossois, he he deserves a shit ton of credit. He outplayed the guy that he backed up in Winnipeg uh, for a couple of years in uh, Connor Hellebuck. And uh, Laurent Brossois was absolutely terrific in net. Eichel had a good series. Stone had a good series when he came back. William Carlson, I think that's what's very, very scary about teams that play Vegas moving forward. William Carlson didn't have a good regular season. Man, has he found it in the playoffs again. He's got his offense back, cashed a big plus 330 goal prop with him last night. Uh, He is rolling here in the playoffs offensively. Uh, It's been good to see. Vegas is dangerous, man. They really are. And especially with as long as Laurent Brossois doesn't, you know, just fall apart on us. This is another team that you've got to put them in the mix to be in the Stanley Cup final. You know, they could be there, you know, if Laurent Brossois can maintain this level of play. But uh, for everyone that was on either a third period over or a full game over last night with the Jets and the Golden Knights, that's bad beat central. My goodness. You actually think, look, I wasn't feeling good about it when it was 4 nothing going into the third because I figured they're way behind. Vegas is going to just sit on the lead. They're not even going to pull the goalie, you know, down four goals. Sure enough, our guy, Rick Bonus tried to help us out. He tried to throw us a bone, if you will. Bones, throwing us a bone, you know, last night in that game. He's pulling Connor Hellebuck, probably knowing we're not coming back anyway, with eight fucking minutes to go in the third period last night. I'm thinking, holy shit, we got eight minutes with the net empty? We're going to get at least the fucking two goals we need for the push with the third period over. Now, it takes a couple of minutes, but Kyle Connor gets them on the board. Uh, four to one. Nice for him to finally show up last night. Uh, it took a while, but he finally got uh, uh, noticeable uh, with that four one goal. And I'm thinking, oh, we still got five minutes to go. They're obviously going to keep the net empty. Uh, and sure enough, the Jets may get four two, but oh, no, they don't because the goal gets challenged by Bruce Cassidy. And it was the right call. It was. It was a hand that made contact with the puck and it revert, took the goal back. And it was still 4-1. So we still need one goal for the push, two goals for the win. And then Winnipeg is just missing the net time and time again. Overpass. Shoot the fucking puck, guys. You're down three goals. Holy shit. And they're passing the puck around. It's ridiculous. And they're missing the net when they do shoot it. And then Vegas, no effort barely to try to score in the empty net with a 4-1 lead. And just such a frustrating fucking way to see that bet crumble uh, was seeing it end 4-1 like that. So... Uh, very, very unfortunate there. It is what it is. Not much you can do. I mean, it was that close to being a perfect night with the third period overs and elimination games because the third period over did cash in the Tampa-Toronto uh, elimination game, but it fell short in Winnipeg-Vegas. And we can't not talk about that game last night without Hurricane Rick. Rick Bonus after that uh, hockey game last night. I rate to say the fucking least. Uh, Mike drop time from Rick Bonus. Uh, check this out. No questions? Good. Eric, just uh, overall thoughts on that one. Overall thoughts? I'm so disappointed and disgusted right now. That's my thoughts. Where does the disgust come from? 
Pardon me? Where does the disgust come from? No pushback. But it's the same crap we saw in February. It was. That's why we, so as soon as we were challenging for first place and teams were coming after us, we had no pushback. This series, we had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours, it's not even close. It was like you've been holding these feelings on for a bit. Was it just yep. after tonight's game or finally wanted to release that? It's, it started back in January and February. What is it about this team's leadership core that, or the top end players we've talked about? We got to push back. There's got to be a pushback. There's got to be pride. You got to be able to push back when things aren't going your way. We had no pushback. Their better players were so much better than ours tonight. They deserved to win. They were the better team in the regular season. They were the better team in this series. Anything else? Good. Thanks. <laughs> hey, oh. And I have never seen a coach do that in the mere moments after his team's season ends that he is like that he's ripping them essentially when their seasons just end, like their seasons just ended. And I don't know if I've seen in that moment, that spot where your seasons come to an end, that a coach has just taken his team to task publicly in the post game press conference. Unreal. And obviously, the issues that plagued them late in the season, we thought maybe they got corrected because they snuck into the playoffs, but apparently not. They reared their ugly head. And look, Rick Bonus clearly wasn't having any of it with the injury excuses. No Morrissey, no Shifley. They only got Ehlers back last night. He clearly felt the effort was pathetic. He thought, you know, like no pushback. He only said pushback seven times, by the way, uh, in that uh, press conference. Uh, clearly not happy. And that is a message that he is sending that if I'm going to be back as the coach next year, uh, either the GM's got to go or the ownership's got to, and both of them, if, if Shevel Dayoff stays on or Mark Chipman, the owner, they've got to make some changes with the roster. Uh, this yeah. roster and Rick Bonus will not coexist, and there are going to be changes. Everyone in Winnipeg is saying it's blow it up time. Shifley, he may be gone. Who knows about Wheeler, who's, again, best days are behind him. Pierre-Luc Dubois, I don't think, wants any part of staying in Winnipeg. Uh, there's going to be some significant changes with the uh, Jets, and even Hellebuck is no, not a sure thing to be back in Winnipeg next year. It's a turning point moment for the Winnipeg Jets franchise right now. And I think Rick Bone has just ignited the spark that's going to light the bomb of an explosion with the roster. There's going to be changes. Yeah, and if I'm Chipman, I go down and I put everybody in the locker room and I say, if your name is not Connor, Hellebuck, or Morrissey, pack your shit and get the fuck out. That's the way I do that. You get rid of Shovel Day off, you get rid of Bonus, you get rid of all these other players who've just been lollygagging and bullshitting, like you said, from January and February on. Remember, this team was not that great of a, of a team, okay? They had a, the, one of the best goaltenders in the world, and they were able to ride some hot streaks in a up-and-down division and find their way into the playoffs. You know, and, and we said the reason why they had a shot in this series or any playoff series is because of Hellebuck. And the whole reason why they looked good in the games that they did and won that one game was because of Connor Hellebuck. Everything else really kind of just, you know, falls to the wayside with this team. And, and they have to rebuild with those pieces. But bonus isn't the answer. I mean, he he's he's a dinosaur at this point. He he I didn't think he was in that same realm with some of these other coaches that just the game has kind of passed him on. And 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 it's not as bad as some other older coaches, but it's only gonna get worse. So don't even bother trying to do a rebuild or salvage what you have with him. And certainly not with Shovel Dayoff. It's amazing that Shovel Dayoff was one of the few people who still held on to his job after everybody else that was involved in 2010 and the Hawks got cleared out. Uh, so that alone should have been grounds for him getting fired. But now on top of this, you really didn't build much shit. Like, it's time for him to go. Uh, he's done a great job. He's a, he's, a, he's a good GM overall. I mean, I've 
personally met the guy when I was a kid when he was ran the Wolves back in the day. Uh, so I have no ill will toward him, but he's just not doing his job well. And he needs to go and they need a change. And uh, rebuild is much needed in Winnipeg right now. Yeah, and it's going to happen. There's no question. There's going to be massive changes. And that was a, that was definitely, that was not sending, that was I'm sending a message, not as much to the, the players probably already know how Rick Bonus is thinking about how the way they didn't push back, as he said, much of the regular season when things got, he's right though, when they got to the point where they had that great start to the year and they got to first place and teams were starting to play them like, hey, this is Winnipeg. This is a first place club. We got to bring our best. And that's when Winnipeg started to struggle. You know, they were getting teams best shot every night and they weren't matching it. They weren't responding. Uh, and we saw it in the late in the regular season. We saw it all series. I don't give two shits about the injuries. They could have given a better effort than that yeah. against the Vegas Golden Knights. And it just did not happen collectively as a group. They feasted off the Sisters of the Poor in their own division, in their own conference. And then they had Hellebuck steal them about 10, 12 games during the season. And that's what picked up their record. They're fraudulent. And uh, I think Rick Bonus kind of senses that, and he's looking for changes. And believe me, changes are going to happen uh, in Winnipeg this offseason. All right, uh, maybe there's going to be some changes this offseason with a few teams that might get knocked out uh, tonight in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, of course, the New York Islanders are one team that might get knocked out tonight as they once again try to stave off elimination, hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, UBS Arena for Game 6. Islanders minus 120 home favorites, 5.5 the total. Uh, in this one, I have a small bet on the Islanders, a little and more on the draw. That's the way I'm going to approach it. An Islanders draw split, but I do feel a little bit better about the draw. Now, keep in mind, Carolina finally broke the road loot playoff losing streak, which dated back to the start of last year at game one against Boston. They had lost every road playoff game up until game four uh, of this series against the Islanders. So maybe there now there's confidence for Carolina to, uh, you know, end this series on the road they showed the ability obviously but i'm gonna have to see it though still uh, before i believe it here with uh the hurricanes the islanders certainly what i like about their game five win is well, first of all sorokin was absolutely phenomenal uh in net for the uh islanders in that victory but what i liked is that brock nelson had a big game matthew barzell now a few games back from returning to the lineup he's been he had his best game i thought in game five so some of the better islander forwards really stepped up uh, in that game, and maybe now it gives them momentum now going back home uh, against the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I don't like the way Carolina at times, you know, defensively, they've had a couple uh, issues. If the Islanders stay out of the box, they haven't been at that bad five on five, but power play uh, pa penalty issues have been uh, a real thing for the uh, Islanders in this series. They've got to stay out of the box. That's very important because they have had some issues, obviously, with the, uh, uh, with the, um, you know, penalty kill so far in this series. So that'll be interesting to see uh, how it uh, plays out. But, you know, I've, I like the Islanders a little bit. I like the draw especially, though. And again, you can get a really uh, nice price with that. And make sure you uh, try to place the draw bets, at least if you can. If you have access to FanDuel, it really has become the best price uh, out there for any draw bet. And plus 330 is what you can get there with the draw uh, in this game. And then as far as props go, um, it's going to be a very prop heavy night for me, especially, you know, there's some really good shots on goal things that are popping up in a lot of these games. We have to start with Brent Burns right now for Carolina over three and a half shots. He's been a bit, basically an automatic, you know, four plus shots on goal for Brent Burns. He had four shots on goal in the first period uh, of game five. So Brent Burns for Carolina over shots on goal. You go back to the well there with that. I think on the uh, Islanders side of the equation, you know, this could be a night for Nelson. Uh, and uh, even Barzell, I could see him stepping up his uh, shot 
uh, production here uh, going into this game tonight. But, uh, you know, maybe uh, Natchez for Carolina. But Brent Burns for sure is my number one uh, player prop option uh, in this game tonight. Uh, as far as the goal props and the point props, I'm not overthinking it with the Islanders. It's going to have to be Nelson. It's going to have to be Barzell. It's going to have to be those top players. And they've shown that here the last couple of games stepping up for them. And then on the Carolina side, uh, Stefan Nason, man, continues just to be undervalued. He could he should have scored in the last game, but he had a goal taken away from him uh, due to a challenge, offside challenge. So, But Stefan Nason continues to be one of the top offensive producers here for Carolina uh, in this series. I think definitely his props continue to be uh, worth a look uh, going into tonight and game six. Uh, Mackenzie McEachern, if you're interested in this angle, he's up to the top line, it looks like, with Sebastian Ajo and Seth Jarvis for Carolina. So if you're looking for maybe a little undervalued player prop, maybe you look at Mackenzie McEachern, who's going to get that opportunity. And keep in mind, this guy scored back in game four in that 5-2 win for Carolina uh, against the Islanders. He had a goal and an assist, two points in that game. So Mackenzie McEachern for Carolina might be you know, your undervalued bargain bin player prop tonight as far as the Hurricanes are concerned, getting that promo and that bump up to the uh, top line tonight. I'm seeing plus 550 and some books at uh, uh, for McEachern to score a goal here tonight in this game, which is a pretty damn good price, all things considered. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Game six, Hurricanes Islanders. Yeah, so, you know, obviously our you know home series play was toast. And one of the things I did take a small shot on, I didn't even give this out to clients or anything. This is just a personal play was the series to go seven games. Uh, so that's live. I have that in pocket. But the thing I'm looking at now uh, is Islanders to win the series and Islanders in game six. And it's more of just a reactionary play. I got plus 300 for the Islanders to win the series. Chances are I'm, I'm already laying a price here at 120. If they win and go on the road game seven, I'm probably going to be laying 120, if not more, even though Carolina will be the home team. Uh, so getting myself some value locked in with that. I think the Owls, like I said, it's the same thing I'm going to be doing more than likely with Tampa Bay now at this point against Toronto. I'm betting on a goalie to steal me two games. And there's only a few goalies in the league you can do that with. Ilya Sorokin's one of them. Andre Vasilevsky's the other. So uh, that's basically the way I'm playing this. Is it, That's the handicap is that I'm betting on Ilya Sorokin to steal me two games uh, because of how, this, especially with this, because of how this series has been so low scoring, so back and forth, all it takes is one break here or there uh, to give a team a chance. So that's it. Owls minus 120 and Owls plus 300 to win the series. Yeah, I should point out, I'm also sprinkling, well, at five, I would have sprinkled on the full game over, but it's five and a half. At five and a half, I'd stay off the full game over, but I am going to rock with the third. I'm on the third period over in every game. I'll just say it right now. I don't even have to go go into it with the next games. I'm on the third period over in every single game tonight. Uh either all elimination games. I believe in that theory. You know, it should have went 2 and 0 last night because the Jets and Golden Knights should have went over in the third, but it went over with Toronto and Tampa Bay and it's over 2 plus 128 by the way at Bet Rivers. Bet Rivers is where you want to go for That's third period price. totals. It's a great price. Over 2 yeah. plus 128 in the third period for Hurricanes and uh, Islanders. Uh, in uh, this game and uh, should be interesting. And I think there's something I also wanted to point. Yeah. Sorokin over saves. You would think, and normally when I look at game script, especially when the team that's facing elimination, I expect the team facing elimination to be carrying the play. Carolina doesn't allow the other team to carry the play. It's always seems to be Carolina. That's got the more shots. You know, they have the puck more. So I, I even with the Islanders facing elimination, you'd think they're going to outshoot Carolina. No, I, I still think Carolina might outshoot the Islanders because that's been the pattern in this series. So I like Ilya Sorokin over saves 
for the uh, New York Islanders tonight. We have our guy, uh, Jimmy Murphy, with us. An unexpected, and we'll get to it, an unexpected Game 6 coming up with the Bruins and the Panthers tonight. But, Jimmy, how are things, and what do you think here at Canes and Islanders? Things are good, my man. How about you? One good. Uh, it's going well. I mean, we've got uh, a lot of series. It's it's Look, we thought some of these series would be over by now. It was kind of shocking that uh, Vegas only becoming the first team to clinch here in the first round last night. But uh, a lot of series we thought might have been over in game five are not, including this one. How do you see it playing out tonight? Yeah, who had Bruce Cassidy advancing before Jim Montgomery on their bingo yeah. card? Me. <laughs> I'll tell you that. Interesting if they uh, eventually meet up, but the Bruins got to get past the Panthers first. We'll talk about that in a bit. But as far as this game goes, I'm like Alex. I like the Islanders in, in this series, guys. I had them in seven as well um, to pull off the upset. So I'm going to stick with it. Uh, I'm going with the Islanders. Just straight up money line in this. Uh, they'll tie the series and force a game seven. Wait, what there. price did you get that for the Isles to win the series? Uh, I, f I even forget. Let me see. I think it was pre game pre series though. You bet it, right? Yeah, pre series. Yeah. Okay. So you, and you're not gonna you're not gonna hedge off of Carolina. No. Nope. Okay. All I'm right. just going straight up with this game right now. There you go. I think yeah, this is dangerous because we know that UBS Arena crowd environment can, you know, really spur this Islanders team on. We'll see if that can happen here tonight. All right, let's go to Boston and Florida. Game six, and I, I thought it was going to be over in game five. Certainly Boston controlled the flow, controlled the offensive zone time, puck possession time, heavily outshot the Florida Panthers. But all it takes is one bad gaffe and miscue in overtime, and that can change things. And that's exactly what we saw in the Matthew Kachuk goal. We've obviously talked about it a lot. I, I said this on a show earlier today with Jimmy the Bag uh, on Pub Sports Radio. I'm going to say it again. If you're putting all the blame on Linus Allmark, that's he's he's got to be better there but the Boston Bruin players have to make themselves an outlet to receive a pass from the goaltender uh, in that mm -hmm. spot uh, and so it's collective blame yeah a lot goes to Allmark but we've got to give the you know the players that were on the ice with us blame as well Grizzlick as well it's a hundred percent so we can't put it all on Linus Allmark following that cataclysmic mistake which they will have the chance to make earn some redemption for tonight and I think they will if there's one, like I said, if there's one team that's going to be able to park that, move on from it, be strong, and, and take care of business, just put the work boots on and play your game and bounce yeah. back from it, it's Boston. It's the experience. It's Patrice Bergeron, who is an incredible temperament to handle a situation like this uh, as the leader and the captain of this team. Linus Allmark in the great post-game interview. I'm glad I saw it, and Jimmy posted the links to it. Because uh, I was worried. I said he's going to have a sleepless night. Then I see the post-game interview, and I'm like, man, this guy's reacting to it just in the great way you want to see him react to something like that. Calm, you know, just forget about it. Be ready for the next game, him and the team collectively, and that's the attitude you want. And I think mm -hmm. it's the attitude you're going to see from the Bruins. This, to me, is the series ender. Boston's had no issue going into Florida and winning in this series. That's not one of the scarier home ice advantages uh, in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Boston can take advantage here. I like them at a plus price, around plus 120, with the Bruins minus one uh, on the puck line. I'm on Bruins team total uh, over three and a half, which is around minus 105. A very good price with that. I'm on the full game over again uh, in this series, over six minus 120. And, of course, you know we're also going to be on the third period over specifically uh, in this game tonight. And that, I believe, is a good price as well at Bet Rivers. you got to lay minus 140 at some books with over two in the third. Bet Rivers has it over one, two minus 120. So it's a much better price with that there. Wow. So 
Uh, really, really good with that over two in the third period, minus 120. So four bets side in total. Bruins minus one, Bruins team total over, full game over six, and uh, third period over. And then I haven't even gotten to the props yet, and I'm going prop crazy here in this game. Brad Marchand, shots on goal and to score a goal. Yeah, I think he can do both. He went over his shot prop in the last game uh, for the uh, Bruins at home. I think he does so again uh, here tonight in this game. You know, Patrice Bergeron comes back for his first game in this year's playoffs. He had six shots on goal, by the way, uh, against Florida the other night. Do you know he's gone over two and a half shots on goal in every playoff game since the beginning of last year? All seven games against Carolina, Bergeron went over two and a half shots. Wow, that's a great this stat. Year, it's a great stat. And the last game he had six in the overtime wow. loss against Florida. And again, we're seeing his shots on goal prop going into game six tonight. In Florida, a very reasonable over two and a half. Uh, they raised the juice a bit, minus 165. So that's up from the minus 130 we saw the last game. And some books have actually moved it to three and a half. But I'm telling you what, it's, I like the two and a half better. But the three and a half, if you want to take a shot at the plus money, it, he could still go over that because he had six in the play, and in the uh, play, in the playoff game this year with Florida and last year, even in the last year's uh, first round against Carolina, he had more four plus shots than not playoff games in the seven that were played against Carolina. So uh, Bergeron definitely overshots. And I am going to, I'm going to put, say it right now. It's time. It feels time for a pasta kind of night. I think it feels like the Italian cuisine is going to be humming in sunrise, Florida tonight. You're going to get the beautiful Bolognese, a little spaghetti, a little, rigatoni or whatever you want i think we're going to see it uh served to the florida panthers tonight uh, he's a bolognese season. man by the way ian pasta yeah. he's a big blonde <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and look he's talking about shooting the puck a lot more uh the yeah. quote was coming into this game he wants to shoot it shoot it don't overthink it don't hesitate so i like the over four and a half shots on goal uh, for pasta tonight, which he's actually not been, you know, he was automatic in the regular season going over four and a half shots. Not so much the last few games. I think tonight's the night he has five or more shots. So I like over four and a half minus 112 shots on goal and to him to score a goal too, which is plus 105, uh, best price out there for that. So it's a high volume game for yours truly here, yeah. Bruins <laughs> and Panthers. Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I got a few plays uh, as well. Not getting that heavy on the props, but definitely like those looks there. Like I said, I think Boston wraps this thing up. Uh, you know, enough screwing around. They're, they're here for business. Connection issues there for Alex. And the one that I didn't mention is I like Bergeron over shots, but Bergeron to get a point and a goal, clearly. He obviously had that beautiful re redirection tip-in goal uh, in uh, game uh, four, or sorry, game five, rather. The point prop is only minus 135, by the way on uh, Bergeron to get a point uh, here in the game tonight. And of course, plus two Oh five to score a goal. So I think it's, it's, those are the guys focus on them. Bergeron, Marshawn, Pasternak. They're going to, and, and with a little d dash of Taylor hall, which I'm also going to look at tonight because the guy is just, he's playing great. He's playing great. He, he's, he's Mr. Clutch right now in the playoffs, which at times he hasn't always been, but man, what a series he's had. And he's still upwards of plus two seventy five to plus 300. In some books to find the back of the net tonight. That's Taylor Hall for the Bruins. I, I will probably have a couple smaller bets on Florida goal props because I do think Kachuk, don't overthink it. Kachuk's been noticeable. If Who's going to score tonight for Florida, if anybody? It'll be him. It might be Verhage because even though he didn't score the other night, he had a good game. And the other guy is Sam Bennett. Man, this guy has really, really stepped up. I like his shots on goal over. 
tonight because he's gone over his shot prop in every game, I think, since he's joined this series for the Florida Panthers. And he's found the back of the net in consecutive games. So I like the goal prop once again on Sam Bennett uh, as well. Uh, that's a lot, but there's a lot I like here on this game from a betting standpoint. Jimmy, what do you think here, Boston, Florida? Yeah, I'm on board with pretty much everything you're saying there. But as far as the game goes, I'm going to do a little Jimmy Puck line, taking the Bruins minus one and a half here. It, it's time. Uh, this this team, good you know, good run by the Panthers. I I respect their their grit and their guts. Uh, and look, Matthew Kachuk, uh, like, love him or hate him, he's had an amazing series. He's an amazing player. Definitely a Hart Trophy candidate. Um, but the Bruins are just a better team, and that's that's hands down. And eventually, the cream rises to the top, and that's what's going to happen tonight. Uh, I like the Bruins to finish this off. Another one I like, guys, I'm with you there, too. Uh, you said Taylor Hall, but you talk about Pasenak. Yeah, I think he's he's poised for a big game. I'm going to even take it as far as picking him as the first goal scorer of the whole game. You get him at plus 750. Why the hell not? I think he's due. I think he's going to come out with purpose, with intent, and he's going to look like the Pasenak that scored 61 goals. So, again, I'm on all, all the picks you had there in the Bruins uh, with the, the, the props. But I also like Poster as a first goal scorer in the game. There we go. I mean, there, this is just a really good prop game. And it's not that I'm just, you know, degenerate city here. It's just that these <laughs> props these props came to me. They popped out at me. I'm not yeah, chasing after real. them. They're, like, they're really good looks. And Taylor Hall, you got to keep riding yeah. Taylor Hall. I mean, yeah. it's just money right now. He is on fire. Yeah. Uh, you could see it coming. I think, the, you know, the last time I spoke to you guys, right, I said to you, I said, Watch out for him, man. He's coming. You know, he's picking his game up, and then boom, you could see it kind of. So he's been huge for them. I, you could argue, if not for him right now, maybe the Bruins are the ones facing elimination, you know? Yeah. So he has been that important to this Bruins team in this series. Absolutely. And uh, like I said, too, uh, like, like I said, I'm also going to be on. Uh, as I mentioned, a couple props for Florida because I do think they will, they'll, they'll, they'll chip in uh, a little bit. But to, and and I actually had a hunch, and I should point this out too. There's one I might just just for a little extra sprinkle because I did. I I went I late in the game or late before the game, uh, in game five, I saw that Anthony Duclair was not only returning but was going to be on the top line with Barkov for Florida. And I said, man, he's going to be on the top line. And I saw plus five twenty on him to score a goal, and I hopped on it. And sure enough, what happened? He scored for the uh, Florida Panthers in uh, yep. game five. So Anthony Duclair, you know, on that uh, top line, uh, that's not a bad bargain bin option as well in, in the goal prop market. And Sam Bennett, who has been on red hot since he's come back, he's plus 340, plus 340 at FanDuel, you know, to score a goal tonight for the Panthers. He scored in uh, three of the four games in this series uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers. And he has a point in each game. Uh, as well. And like I said, he's gone over two and a half shots on goal uh, in every game. And the over two and a half is still, you know, minus 165. Juice getting up there, but decent. And if you want to be more conservative, you don't like the goal prop plus 340. The point prop is minus 105, you know, on Sam Bennett. So, and he's had a point in every game in this series for the uh, Panthers. We got Alex back with us. Alex Bruins, Panthers, game six. Yeah, I got cut off. And thankfully, the laptop uh, update was ready. So, Back to the regular spot. But, yeah, I like the Bruins here. They close out and they're fucking around, uh, take care of business here. I like them in regulation. I got minus $1.05, which I thought was just a very, very cheap price. I just don't feel like overtime is in the cards for this game. Even if Florida were forced to game seven, I feel like they would do that in regulation. So if you like a, a side here, if you like Florida, you know, take a small shot with the regulation price, I think. But uh, I like I like the Bees here to win in regulation. Also have that third period over. Uh, I laid the $1.40. Because I don't have a Bet Rivers account, but I will try to 
rectify that certainly with uh, some of those prices <laughs> now that we're seeing that but uh so if you have a service account by all means that's where you want to go for your third period over spree game even at a dollar 40 i think that's a good price there's only three uh third period overs i like i do like the, the plus uh money with aisles and, and canes and i also like one later but uh so i just love to mark that down for the for the show purposes but third period over here in bruins to win regulation this uh like i said Florida, you know, they've given a valiant effort, but it's just not going to be enough. I think Boston's just going to overpower them uh, in all facets of the game. Tonight. And you also have the goalie Bob factor, and he was very yeah. good in game five in Boston. But how many times have we seen the best of goalie Bob? And for the last couple of years, it hasn't been a second straight great performance. It's been, no, the other goalie Bob shows up the next game, the not-so-good version. And uh, it wouldn't totally shock me if we see that tonight uh, for the uh, Florida Panthers here in this uh, game. But, yeah. I think it ends tonight in six, uh, and the Boston Bruins will finally uh, advance here in this one. Uh, all right, that is the first two games. We got the two Western game sixes coming up in just a moment. Shout out to everyone on YouTube, 200 live viewers, hit the like button, and shout out to our podcast listeners as well. We'll be back in a moment to talk uh, Stars Wild and Avalanche Kraken coming up right after we hear from Gramco. Support for the Ice Gas is brought to you by Gramco. Whether you or your team's game is on the field, screen racetrack court or the ice gramco is for the game grown by farmers who spent years developing premium hemp genetics gramco provides customers with consistent quality delta 8 thc products ready for any occasion gramco currently offers numerous delta 8 products including vape cartridges disposable vapes pre-rolls gummies wake and bake coffee and more gramco offers an enjoyable legal high delivered discreetly and directly to you Gramco is also available at many American retailers as well. You can get the best Delta cannabis products on the market shipped quickly and discreetly from Gramco. And if you visit www.thegramco.com, use promo code ICEGUYS, you will get 20% off of every order. And any order that's on the site over $50 will be shipped free with standard shipping. So live elevated with Gramco and check out their wonderful Delta 8 products today. All right, we are back, and it is time for the to turn our attention to the Western Conference side of the equation. Dallas Stars and Minnesota Wild, uh, even money, minus 110 both sides, five and a half the total uh, here in this game. We always say a playoff series is a war of attrition, and um, I definitely think you're seeing some signs of that here uh, in this series. Dallas getting stronger as the series goes on, sort of inflicting their will a little bit. They've won two straight. Uh, and there's a lot of things that are going nicely for Dallas. Their top players are stepping up. Tyler Sagan's been monster uh, here the last few games in this series. Great to see it. Jamie Benn's been good. Jason Robertson got off the schneid finally uh, in Game 5 in the victory in Dallas. The top players for the Stars are rising to the forefront uh, for them, which is uh, great to see. Uh, and uh, there was, believe it or not, a little bit of speculation that maybe, just maybe, Mr. Clutch, Joe Pavelski, might be ready to return tonight for the Dallas Stars. He's a game-time decision. Last I checked for them uh, going into game six tonight, so keep our eye on that. No decision has been made yet, but we'll have to wait and see. But uh, uh, Joe Pavelski's return potentially in the series right around the corner. On the Minnesota side of things, obviously they've seen things kind of get awry uh, from them. Uh, Eric Sinek, 
you know, is probably not back again tonight from what I've seen for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And, of course, he's missed their, the face-offs. They've been punished the last few games, the Minnesota Wild, and they obviously miss Erickson Eck on the face-off tr- uh, circle. Uh, obviously, at both ends of the ice, not only his offense, but his defense, clearly one of the better defensive forwards in the NHL, and certainly on this team, the best, maybe, uh, defensive forward. So he has missed dearly. And then you look at their offensive game breakers. Where's Kirill the thrill? He's not thrilling anybody uh, the last couple of games uh, for the uh, Wild. He's been silenced. He's been held down. Uh, that's not good. You know, it's been uh, cooling off a little bit for Zuccarello the last few games. And by the way, I want to point this out. Zuccarello and Hartman did not practice yesterday for Minnesota. You got to think they're nursing something significant injury-wise. You know, and I think they are definitely hobbling both of those guys right now for the Minnesota Wild. It's the playoffs, your Warriors, you fight through things, but they definitely look like they're not 100%. The guy that's been disappointing to me the most for Minnesota is Matt Boldy. You know, he really has not done much in this series, and uh, he's got to find it somehow starting tonight in a must-win game for the home team here for the Minnesota Wild. But I don't think this series goes beyond tonight. I think it ends tonight. I like Dallas here, a minus 110, uh, even money in this game. I like the way they're playing. Their defense is playing better. Their top guns are starting to fire now. And Jake Ottinger had in the last two games, man, he has turned into Jake Ottinger of last year in the first round against Calgary, stopping everything in sight. He was remarkable in game four in the road win in Minnesota. The only goals that beat him were, you know, broken plays. They had no chance. And then, of course, he had the game five shutout uh, to, uh, against Minnesota the other night. He's playing at a, a, a highest level, the level we know he can raise it to, and he has done that. So uh, Dallas, for me, at even money to end it. Uh, and I like the third period over only, not the full game over just the third period over here in this. As I, Like I said, I'm on the third period over in every game tonight. All these elimination games, uh, we're sticking with that uh, theory that's been so good to us over the uh, last few years. But again, you're getting a pretty good price as well tonight with this uh, Dallas and Minnesota third period over, which at, uh, again, Bet Rivers, which has become my go-to for third period overs, it's over two at plus 122 uh, with that third period over in the Stars Wild. Uh, I almost did the over one and a half, but it was minus 165. Still a little bit too juicy. So I went with the over two uh, plus 122 for the uh, third period over at Bet Rivers with Dallas and Minnesota. Alex, uh, Stars and Wild, I think I know where you're going. Yeah, I mean, you know, you look outside here in St. Paul, it's cold, kind of damp and blustery. It's almost like a, a funeral vibe to the town. A little bit, and I think that's what what they're gearing up for uh, another another funeral, another wild season being laid to rest. I like Dallas here. I laid the dollar five. I'm on that first, uh, sorry, the third period over. Uh, I got even money with the over two, uh, but definitely, like I said Bet Rivers is a place to go for for those. Uh, most definitely, don't like the first period of full game over here in this spot. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be kind of a a tight pace. And the the biggest thing to watch for, and I, I more than likely will be adding this. We're going and put it down. Dallas to score first. Uh, anything minus a dollar thirty or better, I'm, I'm going to be on that. And the reason why is because it is imperative to take the air out of that crowd at XL Energy Center. It's going to be electric, and then as soon as the anthems are over, or the anthem is over, and the bright lights come on, it's going to be tense, and it's going to be this just kind of, you know, hold on for dear life roller coaster kind of a feel until someone scores and if dallas is the team to score first that energy is going to just be completely negative and just float throughout that crowd i've been in that building for an elimination game and 
even when the team was coming back late in the third period, it still just wasn't enough. You could just tell once the air gets taken out of that building, it's gone. And, and that's what Dallas has to do. They have to score here early. So give me them the score first to win the game and get the third period over two at even money. All right. Like it. Uh, like all those uh, looks for sure. As far as shot props tonight, uh, I would stick with, uh, I think Kaprizov's got to let it rip tonight. So I like over three and a half shots. He, and now the puck hasn't been going in for him, but I do like him to get over three and a half shots on goal tonight. Ottinger saves might be a pretty good look uh, tonight in this game as well. And on the Dallas side, not only Sagan to score a goal, but I think he's gone over two and a half shots on goal in every game in this series for Dallas, Tyler Sagan. So, and he had it quickly in the last game. I think he had three shots in the first period uh, of game five. So Tyler Sagan, back to the well we go, over two and a half uh, shots on goal for him uh, in this uh, game six as well. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here with uh, game six, Dallas, Minnesota? Yeah, you know what? I'm with you on the Sagan there. You got to ride him while he's hot. He's been a great story. Uh, you know, obviously not here in Boston. People are going to talk about him being a great story, but uh, good for him. He's found his game again. Uh, but I'm I'm not with you on the other one, guys. In the words of Chris Berman, you're all <laughs> on the stars. Wild, 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 boys. Give me seven heaven. Wow. Minnesota wild. And not even am I going to take uh -oh, him on line. the money oh line. Gosh. Oh, yes. I'm going Jimmy Murphy, alternate puck line. Wow. Minnesota wild. Give me that value. We're going back to Dallas to the big D for game seven. Uh, are you Are you trying to uh, – are you trying to uh... – turn uh dairy edelman's day around or something is that what you're doing there uh with that uh decision to uh take uh, the while and by the way though if you do like minnesota uh in the alternative puck line man uh the price for that is plus 230 so not a bad price there nope. at all if you like uh the wild there to uh get the uh, job done here at home now uh all i know and alex can back me up on this is that minnesota's had more losses in elimination games at home than wins uh, in their uh, recent memory. So let's see if uh, they can uh, change things around here uh, tonight against Dallas, who to me still are the better of these two teams. But we'll see. We'll see. Gustafson's got to be immense tonight too. You know, yeah, his yeah. play has kind of stumbled a little bit the last two games, especially in Dallas in game five. Let's see if he can get it they back. They need the blue tonight. line two guys to step up. Uh, yeah. A little, you know, a little offense from the back end there would be nice. Uh, I think those guys got to step up right now. But I just, I just like the Wild, man. They're a resilient team. They're a pesky team. I, I think, you know, I was actually talking to a, a, a Dallas Stars employee who's based here in Boston. Um, he scouts a lot of games around here, and he was at the game the other night, and we were just talking about this series, and he's like, I, I hate to say it, but it's still going seven. So that's a Dallas guy telling me that. Yep. You know, like, right. they are that respecting the Wild. They realize that this isn't going to just be some easy cakewalk uh, in this game. So I, I think that, look, I think they're going down fighting and I think they force a game seven. But he also remembers that it's the Minnesota Wild in the playoffs, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's always a counter argument. Yeah, that's, to everything. The yeah. Uh, there's yeah. no question. Uh, but yeah, and I have Dallas in this. I was debating whether I got Dallas in the series. Do I really need to bet this? And I said, yeah, I'm going to bet it. I just like what I've seen from the Stars here the last uh, two games. And uh, like I say, Minnesota, the Kaprizov's got to show up. If he does and Gustafson has his best game of the series, it is going to go back to Dallas for game seven. Uh, but those are, you know, big ifs, and we'll see if they uh, transpire tonight. All right, speaking of a big if, a big if that Colorado can win games consistently without Big Val Nachushkin. My goodness, who's obviously going to be out again tonight, but they do get Kale McCarr back from his one-game suspension. Uh, it is Colorado-Seattle. 
game six. What an environment and atmosphere it could be at Climate Pledge Arena tonight. I mean, really, when you think about it, that home crowd with a chance for this franchise to clinch their first ever playoff series victory on home ice. It should be rocking in the Emerald City. Colorado minus 155 road favorite, six the total uh, in this game. This is a very t- tough side. I have a, a pinch on the draw here, and that's about it. I don't want to lay a buck 55 with Colorado on the road. I don't, even with McCarr coming back. Because without either one or both of Makar and Nachushkin, this is a 500 and even below 500 team in terms of their record. So it hasn't been great. Makar is a huge boost. We know that. There's no doubt. They're going to have the puck more. They're going to be able to transition from defense to offense much better. Uh, and uh, it's certainly going to help the Avalanche's chances tonight. But the fact remains, Seattle's been toe-to-toe with this team. Going back to the regular season, Seattle outplayed this team. You know, and really in Sierra, at least was right there with them. I mean, every game was tough. It's been that way here in the playoffs, too. Uh, and uh, I just like the way they're playing, and, and I respect them enough. And to me, this is just too disrespectful a price to take Colorado. It's too disrespectful to put Seattle out there as a plus 135 home underdog when they've been toe-to-toe all season, regular season and playoffs combined against this uh, Colorado Avalanche team. So I'm just going to sprinkle on the draw, and I'm going to look at the third period over. You know, those are going to be the primary bets here for me uh, in this one, other than props. And I do like a few props here, but uh, third period over in this one, which you, I lean full game over, but nah, I really, really do prefer the third period over uh, in uh, this game. And again, you can get it at a, a pretty good price here uh, as well, the uh, third period over for the uh, Avalanche and the uh, Kraken. So uh, over two at, a, I believe, a slight plus price as well. So uh, keep that in mind. So definitely a third period over shop around, find it at bet rivers there. And then as far as the props go for this one tonight, I mean, certainly if again, I broken record, but if you're going to bet anyone on Colorado, you bet Nate McKinnon and you bet Miko Rantanen. I mean, those are the guys that have been carrying the mail uh, all series long for the uh, Colorado avalanche. Uh, McCarr, I think over shots, I think he'll be an active, uh, you know, uh, a player in terms of shot volume tonight. So uh, over shots on goal for Kale McCarr. Uh, I do like that with him returning to the lineup. On the Seattle side, look, I mentioned Jaden Schwartz in the last game, how all of a sudden this guy's just been flying over his shot prop. It can, It's continuing. I mean, since game two of this series, this guy's had, what, three, four, 11. He had that 11-shot on goal game, and then he had four in the last game, which was game five in Denver. And he continues to be a very reasonably priced minus 118. Jaden Schwartz for Seattle over two and a half shots on goal. So I think that is an excellent shot on goal prop look here tonight. Again, uh, Jaden Schwartz for the Seattle Kraken over two and a half shots on goal at uh, minus 118. So again, McCarr back in, Chushkin still out. Josh Manson, by the way, for the uh, Avalanche, he aggravated uh, a lower body injury in game five, and he's very much day-to-day and questionable for tonight. So depth will be tested on that Avs blue line. And uh, of course, Jared McCann, was uh, out for game five because of the hit he took from McCarr, which is what got him suspended. Uh, still day-to-day. I don't think he's going to play tonight, but hasn't totally been ruled out yet for the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, here in this uh, game tonight. But should be an incredible environment in Seattle with a chance to clinch their first playoff series victory uh, on home ice. Uh, Alex, uh, game six, what do you think here? Colorado, Seattle. I'm going to use an analogy that all my Colorado people and uh, smokers will get. You, when you have a vape cart and it gets, there's like a little bit left and you try to just hit it, nothing comes out. You're just not getting any more out. That's what the Colorado Avalanche are like right now. They're, they're, they're done. 
there's not much left for them to give at this point. They've had all these injuries and all these issues, and they just run out, out of juice and run out of steam right now. Uh, I like Colorado, uh, Seattle here to take care of business. I like them at plus 135. Uh, I also like this over two in the third period, minus $1.25. Somebody mentioned in the chat about two and a half at plus 140. And I do get that because you, you expect Colorado to just throw everything in the wall and, and get the offense more rolling. And the fact that they have issues and injuries on that blue line, you'd expect to see more goals. But I would just go play it safe, lay the price, and go over two in the third period. And uh, I think Seattle, I think they're going to be celebrating tonight. First, uh, you know, series win in franchise history. It'll be a, a big moment for them. Yeah, and uh, this Nachushkin stuff is very disturbing. All we know is that he's been away from the team. There was an incident in a hotel room, an intoxicated woman there. We don't know if he had a connection, a personal connection. We don't know if his family member, friend, girlfriend, wife, some stranger, someone hooker. he met. In town. Who the, yeah, hooker. Yeah. Okay. yeah, very possible. But uh, Come on, yeah, let's yeah. call a spade a spade, boys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. I mean, she's saying oh, yeah. to the police that I shouldn't have listened to that man and he took my passport and I shouldn't have come to the United States. No. It, it, hmm. I mean, yeah. It is yeah. There's only one thing there. Yeah. 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 So and, that's and it's uh, horrible. It's a horrible situation. And, and it's a bad know, distraction that the hockey team doesn't need in their most important time yeah. of year. Yep. And, and there's some, I haven't confirmed any of this, but I've heard some rumors, you know, over the years about him that he's got some bad connections in russia let's just put it that way and i'm not talking you know ovechkin supporting putin because that's pretty right. bad but i'm talking like mob you know mm -hmm. so he yeah. he's got some interesting uh side things going on that's not good and it looks like it caught up to him wow. yeah that's yeah that's yeah that's not, not good and again this is just something hanging over the team and and to be honest with you say what you will about what he's doing off the ice but he's an important piece of this hockey team and the yeah. way he's played since the uh, playoffs last year big val equals big distraction says kenny woo 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 in our uh, chat yeah definitely uh that is uh, absolutely true but uh jimmy what do you think here is it over for colorado tonight yeah this is a tough one for me this is the toughest one on the board guys because yeah, i agree when it's the defending stanley cup champion you know you can never count the heart of a champion out just like we and saw they've been Tampa, Bay, Tampa Bay in elimination games yeah, too. The yeah last exactly I mean look at Tampa Bay and the way yeah. they fought yeah. and, and even the way they fought against Colorado in that series last year yeah. uh you know it's just tough but I'm with I'm with you guys and especially what Alex said there I think it's just caught up to them they're human beings uh it's been a lot and it, guys I'm having a brain fart right now but did they not start the season playing overseas no, not the not the beginning no. of the season. They had it in the middle, but it was like it was like early uh, October. It was this season, though, yeah. right? November. Yeah. yeah, they the two games yeah. in Finland. Yeah, and I'm telling you, if you look at most of those teams, it was Nashville and San Jose at the beginning of the season. Yeah, yeah, right okay, but I mean, Colorado, but, but, did play but, but Colorado, Columbus was the middle of the year, though. Yeah, which is even worse. Which is even mm -hmm. worse. It screws yeah, you yeah. up. It breaks your routine. You're, you're screwed up on the time change and all that, and it's it's not something they should be doing in the middle of a season. So. I think that all, that really hurt them. I, I really do. I'm not, I'm not trying to make excuses for them, but I think it did. I mean, if you go back and you look at it, uh, there's not many teams. I think the Bruins are the only one I can think of off the top of my head. Maybe the Blackhawks in 2010, Alex, of the teams that went overseas yeah. that have gone on to win the Cup. Yeah, and they, the opened, they opened, but they opened the year, not in the middle. Yeah, of the it year. wasn't in the middle. Yeah, the mm -hmm. Bruins opened in Prague against Arizona or Phoenix then, and uh, they, won, they won the Cup that year. But – I think that hurt them. I think the injuries have caught up. I think they're human. I think the in and out of the lineup with Makar, their best player, even when he comes back, it's still you got to get back into that rhythm. So, you know, if 
I'm going to have to make a pick here. I'm going to stay off this game, but if I had to make a pick, I would go Seattle. Money line, just straight up. All right, like in Seattle uh, here, plus 135 to uh, end it, and uh, we'll, we'll see. But uh, I think what's what I might sprinkle on just because of what's transpired in this series and the way things have gone is Seattle to score first goal, which they've done, I believe, in every single game in this series. In game one, game two, game three, and game four. Scored the first yeah. goal in every right. single game in this series, and including right. in game five in Denver the other night. So I don't know if that's going to change. And you would think they come out flying, home ice going nuts, chance to uh, clinch your first playoff series in franchise history with that crowd behind you. I think, you know, scoring the first goal of the game, uh, Seattle Kraken, um, if you can bet that, do it. Uh, that, that's something that does appeal to me. Uh, rather than take, I actually like that more than taking Seattle on the money line in that form. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I'm I'm passing it because I'm on the third period over, but I wouldn't shy away from taking the first period over at five and one so far, four and one so far. Sorry. Yeah, definitely. So interesting to see how it goes uh, tonight. That's a fascinating game. Looking forward to seeing it uh, unfold. Like every game tonight, it's an exciting night. It's four elimination playoff game sixes. Uh, we're definitely looking forward to it. Uh, hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. We appreciate it. And shout out to our podcast listeners. Check out patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 a month. Goalie charts, totals charts, power ratings, daily Ice Guys show, betting card, bonus content, and more. Check it out. Patreon.com slash iceguys. Just $10 a month. Check out the Ice Guys store. Iceguys.myspreadshop.com. I'm not wearing this, this uh, Stars jersey outside. Because it's probably going to start some uh, issues. So I'm going to put on my Ice Guys hoodie after the show. And uh, you can grab one of those or grab a T-shirt or a cap or a mug or anything else at iceguys.myspreadshop.com. Yeah, absolutely. Plus 155, says Justin Casey in the chat, for Seattle to score the first goal. That is uh, one hell of a price uh, for sure, uh, given that they're 5-0 and scoring the first goal. Uh, in the five, five straight games scoring the first goal uh, in this series for the uh, Seattle Kraken. All right, we got best bets coming up right after we hear from Manscaped. Support for the Ice Guys is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS. That's promo code I-C-E-G-U-Y-S at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, it's about 14 million balls that you can preserve. The Performance Package 4.0 is the complete accessory package to take care of everything that is required. You've got, of course, the Lawnmower 4.0 takes care of your facial hair uh, and among other things. Uh, you've got, of course, the Weed Whacker. I'm approaching 40. Nose hair has become a major issue. It pisses the hell out of me. I need to take care of that shit, and the Weed Whacker can help you do that. Both of these products, waterproof and a 4,000K LED spotlight for a more precise shave. And you'll also be able to take care of those delicate areas with the ball toner, with the ball deodorant. Keep you smelling good, looking good, and feeling good down in the nether regions. This complete performance package 4.0. We'll take care of everything for you, for all you guys out there. And it's courtesy of our good friends at Manscaped.com. So get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code ICEGUYS at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. 
and use promo code ICEGUYS. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right, it is time for best bets to wrap it up. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? We're going down the street, the Wild Stars. We're going to double up with Dallas. Give me Dallas Stars minus a dollar ten on the money line. Give me the third period over two at even money. Uh, it's just going to be fun to watch. I think Dallas comes out hot, gets that first goal, takes the air out of that crowd, goes on to win this one, get a couple of goals late to wrap up that second period, that third period over, I should say. Uh, getting more than two goals, and uh, hopefully we cash in all of our stars props as well. Stars at six, stars to win the series, uh, and I'll be playing some Pantera and drinking uh, to celebrate that. Hopefully, so give me the Dallas Stars minus a dollar ten, third period over two, and even money. Those are my two best bets for this Friday in the NHL. There you go, uh, liking it there with the uh, Dallas Stars to get the job done tonight against the uh, Minnesota Wild. Multiple best bets there for Alex B. Smith. Uh, Jimmy Murphy, what do you like for best bet? I'm going the opposite of Alex there. Give me uh, – yeah, no, that's – there I am. I'm a little uglier than Alex there, so there you go. Uh, I'm going the opposite <laughs> of Alex. Uh, I'm going with that puck line, reverse puck line, Minnesota Wild. All right, heads up there. Minnesota Wild minus a one and a half plus 230 for that uh, Minnesota Wild puck line for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet. Uh, my best bet for uh, tonight, it's Boston. It's just which form of Boston do I want? M minus one do I want the uh, – I'm going to go with the team total. I think that's the best route. Uh, you know, I don't want one of this, these things where it's like 4-2, you know, late in the third period for Boston, and then Florida scores with like 20 seconds left, and it ends up 4-3 final, and I push the minus one, you know, which is why I'm going to go with the team total instead uh, on the uh, Boston Bruins for the uh, best bet. Boston Bruins team total – over three and a half uh, at minus 105. Uh, it's a great price with that. I think they end it tonight and move on to the second round. Boston Bruins team total uh, over three and a half minus 105 uh, for my best bet for this Friday uh, NHL card. Uh, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Great stuff. We always love having Jimmy Murphy with us every Friday. It should be a great Friday night of hockey. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday. 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Jimmy Murphy and Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. Mm -hmm.